welcome back to another daily walk. Well, today we want to talk about this. Is it the imperative of the Christian to push our will or our ideas onto other people? Very interesting question because a uh, Democratic politician came out this week saying that her faith values led her to support abortion. Very interesting. Um, if your faith values are to worship Moloch, that might make sense. Of course, there was a TikTok video last week of some uh, crazy lady building an altar to the abortion. It was called an abortion altar. Even putting the tarot card for the god of fertility in a jar to capture the products of abortion. Um, you're praying to a fertility god to get pregnant to abort it. How is this not sacrifice? I don't know. But this person writes, I've thought about my faith a great deal. She says in a campaign ad she posted in Twitter, in fact, I was anti-abortion until I went to college and there I met a friend who had shared faith values. We started having conversations about what reproductive care and abortion really is. And when I talked about that, it was an experience that I had because I was able to give me a different perspective. Over the course of the next few years, I really started thinking about what role the legislature should play. What role should government play? This is healthcare. It is about a woman's right to control her body. This is about a woman's right to experience and determine her future. And that for me is a matter of faith. And I do not impose those value systems on others. More importantly, I protect her rights. I protect her humanity. And that should be my responsibility. While your faith tradition may tell you that you personally do not want to make that choice, it is not my right as a Christian to impose that value system on others on someone else because the value that should overhang everything is the right to make our own decisions, the free will that God, I believe, gave us. So let's talk about what's going on in here and then we'll get into what the Bible says. First and foremost, this is a political ad to target young people. She talks about when she was young, she was anti-abortion. She went to college. She's literally targeting people who are college age, people who were raised in the church that may not actually believe God and these are people that they've all come with these presuppositions that come from the church that they don't, may not really believe. And so she's trying to target these people and go, oh, I guess that's where I was. Yeah, I never thought about that. Well, let's go ahead. And of course, she's so soft in faith that what she's doing here, she has a lot of issues in here. Curiously, it's the things that the article here has bolded. For me, as a matter of faith, I don't impose those value systems on others. Should we impose value systems on others? There's a question. The next one, I value uh, the value that should overhang everything is the right to make our own decisions, the free will that God, I believe, gave us. So let's go ahead and talk about free will. Yeah, we have free will in the extent that uh, we have the ability to choose what sin we fall into. We do not have free will in the ability to choose our salvation. We cannot choose to come to the foot of the cross. The Bible's very clear. All of us turn away. All of us run from that. All of us hide from the light of God. It is only when God transforms our heart that we can come back to him. I've talked a lot about the channel. We're not going to expand on that any further. As far as free will is concerned, however, we do not have ultimate free will we actually have a contained free will that seems to be limited to what the human containers we have give us. And that actually means that we, uh, we, tend, to, uh, we tend to 
follow things that make us sin. But really, is it ultimately us to follow our will? We'll have a look at even Jesus here in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is Matthew 26, and um, we're going to look at verse uh, 39. He went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, not uh, yet, not as I will, but as you will. So even Jesus, God in the flesh, is not succumbing to his own will. Now I write in my book, uh, Half My Life, that there was a time in my youth I was involved in magical arts. And magic does work. Because you're literally invoking the demons in the spiritual world to do your will. Why? Because anything you can do to move your will away from God's will and to do your will is something that Satan wants you to do. That is the principle. When we start talking about it's our will, it's our choice, it's our destiny, it's our life, you are already completely missing the boat of what faith is. It is God's will be done, not my will be done, not your will be done, and certainly not some crazy politician who worships at the altar of aborted babies is done. We have to come into this world looking at what the will of God is. So this brings us to our fundamental question. Should we impose the ideas on others? This is a fairly complicated answer because obviously in the one realm, we are not able to bring somebody to Christ. We are not able to save somebody. This is why I am not an Arminian, and this is why I, a lot of the ministries out there which are more Arminian-focused, they really get hung up in knots all tied up inside themselves because they got to figure out the new creative way to get this guy saved. We can't save anyone. It is God who saves people. Our task is to go out and share the gospel. Now, what does this mean in the uh, scope of everything around us. Well, what it means is that we have to come into, uh, we have to come into it, and we have to say, these are the things that, according to the Bible, are right. These are the things, according to the Bible, are wrong. And then we have to live a life that is as free from hypocrisy as we can possibly make it. We have to live by the words of the commandments of the Scripture, and this means we need to know the Scripture. When I find somebody saying, well, you know, the, you know, the reading the Bible isn't important or it doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. I disagree. <clears throat> if I find somebody who is never reading the Bible, they are weak in their faith. They are, have no concept of what the Christian life actually is. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. Unfortunately, that's most of the church. Pew studies every year, they do the analyses to determine how many people are reading the Bibles. And even among the Christians, the number of people reading their Bibles is dropping every year. Last time I looked at it a few years ago, it was only 19%. And I think this ties right on into Matthew 7. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many walk through it. A whole lot of people in our churches are people who are on their path to hell. And that's further what Matthew 7 says. However, when you find a person who is constantly reading their scriptures, is reading the Bible itself a mark of salvation or a mark of spiritual maturity? I think it is. Here's why. While I think more atheists have read the Bible more than many Christians, I think that's true. But when you find a person who is constantly in it, constantly reading it, rereading it, re-re-reading it, re-re-re-re-re-re-reading it. 
you find a person who is hungering and thirsting after the word of God, Psalm 42, as the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. And this is the principle. So while I think that on the surface, more atheists have read the Bible than Christians, when you find a person who is dedicated to reading it daily and putting it into practice daily and studying it over and over, when you get to the end, you reopen it up the very next day and you begin afresh anew, that is a person who's hungry and thirsting after the Word of God. That is a person who knows what is in the Bible. They know what is in the scriptures and they are the ones who are best able to say, hey, you might be doing this, but you know the Bible says this, this, and this. I'm reminded of the time that God visits uh, Abraham on his way. Um, it's God and two angels and then God departs and the two angels go on to, to uh, Sodom where Lot is living. And Abraham's walking along the way saying, God, will you destroy the city if 50 righteous are there? And then he wills it down five righteous, you know, and of course God finds, you know, like what, like four escaped, only three made it out because the people in that city were completely turning away from the things of God. If we want to preserve our culture, yes, we must tell people what is in the Bible. We must tell people how to live. Are they going to listen? Absolutely not. That's what Jesus says. They hated me. They hated you first. Or excuse me, they hate you because they hated me first. Um, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel, Isaiah, go and preach these things. God says, they're not going to listen to me, but you have to preach them anyway. And that's really the imperative. We as the Christians in this nation, to preserve our culture, must preach the gospel. We must tell people what is in the scriptures. These are the things we must do because it is the only way to prevent our nation from falling. Remember, God was about to wipe out uh, Judah, the southern kingdom, until there was a king named Josiah who repented and humbled himself. Now, did that completely stop God's judgment? No, but it did delay it. And that is what we might want to consider doing because it's probably better for us if we continue to live on in freedom and in peace under the easy light yoke of God's restraints than it is to live under the thumb of our enemies. That's just kind of the thought. So yes, we should actually be pushing out some of our ideas into the world. With that, we'll leave this one here today. Thanks for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.